Well, good evening and welcome to a Sunday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Recording it Sunday night after the NCAA tournament draw. Glad to have you with me. I'm Bruce Hooley. You can follow me on Twitter at BHools or at We Tackle. That is the podcast official Twitter. You can send me an email, wetacklelife at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Love to have you review the podcast on iTunes, and we will get to reading the reviews of the podcast as we get back into a more regular schedule here because, hey, I've been remiss lately with a lot of personal commitments and work commitments and other things that have kept me from doing this the three days a week that I started it with Mr. Chris Spielman, and Spiel's transitioned into his role with the Detroit Lions, and I kept pretty good uh, a pretty good routine for a while and then bam I lost track of it but love interacting with you loved hearing from you and so we're going to get back to it now because we've got NCAA tournament to talk about we've got Ohio high school basketball to talk about we've got a Browns trade to talk about and we will get into a faith aspect of the podcast as we always do so let's start with the news of the day the Buckeyes are a seven seed they are opening NCAA tournament play 12 15 p.m Friday in Pittsburgh against Loyola Chicago Loyola Chicago, the darling of the NCAA tournament recently, got to the Final Four, Sister Jean, Sweet 16 last year. They have a lot more NCAA tournament experience in that program, in the roster that they will put against the Buckeyes on Friday than the Buckeyes have. Buckeyes NCAA tournament experience is pretty limited because COVID canceled the tournament two years ago. Last year, they got one game. The year before that, Kyle Young and uh, some of the other seniors on the team were around, but Ohio State's not been to the Sweet 16 even. That is uh, one of the things that critics of Chris Holtman used to beat him up as uh, not doing a good job at Ohio State. I do think it is ridiculous for people to say that, well, Ohio State in year five under Chris Holtman uh, is uh, not where they were in year five under Thad Mata. Well, that's probably true. But year five under Thad Mata was a high water mark because in year two uh, under Thad Mata, year three under Thad Mata, they had uh, Greg Oden and Mike Conley. Year two, they won the Big Ten uh, with a senior-laden team. It is The measurement is, is Ohio State basketball's program now in a better position than it was when Thad Mata left because if it was in great position, Thad Mata wouldn't have left. And so that's the comparison is where is Ohio State's basketball program now compared to where it was when Chris Holtman inherited it, not where is Ohio State in year five under Holtman to where was Ohio State in year five under Mata. You don't know if Chris Holtman would have recruited Greg Oden, Mike Conley, been able to get him on campus. You don't know that J.J. Sollinger or, or would have materialized out of Northland High School for uh, Chris Holtman to recruit. So... It's a different time, different circumstances. You cannot compare year five of Mata to year five of Holtman. But you can hold Holtman accountable for what's happened with this team. And what's happened with this team so far is not very good. They started very well. They then got into a situation where they had injuries. They had um, some cancellations, COVID and weather. They played a lot of games in a short amount of days. They had more injuries. And they're not playing well, and they're not winning. They've lost four of their last five going into the tournament. They lost their Big Ten tournament opener to Penn State. Those are all things fair to hold Chris Chris Holman accountable on, and I think I've done that. I think I'll continue to do that, but I also think that there are other dynamics at play here, and we'll talk about those, which became glaringly obvious to me 
in the aftermath of the Penn State game. Loyola's good. Loyola could beat Ohio State. Wouldn't be a bit of a surprise. The NCAA considers an upset a difference of six spots in the seeding. So if you're a one, you lose to a seven, that's an upset. If you're a one and you lose to an eight or nine in the second round, that's an upset. If you're a seven and you lose to a ten, it's really not an upset. But they always, of course, focus on double-digit seeds. Loyola is that. Loyola is everybody's darling. Loyola has been a team that people have loved because of Sister Jean, the 90-plus you know, uh, nun who goes to the games and gets all the TV time. <coughs> She's a very charming lady. And so uh, Loyola will be a trendy, a very trendy first-round upset pick for a lot of people because, you know, they'll look at Loyola winning the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. They'll look at Braden Norris, point guard out of Hilliard-Bradley High School, playing against the big, mighty Ohio State Buckeye team that didn't recruit him. And they'll take the inferences from there that an upset is in the offing. And an upset might be in the offing. I don't know anything about Loyola's personnel beyond Braden Norris. Braden Norris, really good point guard. And Braden Norris was not a good enough point guard in high school to be recruited by Ohio State. But right now, Ohio State's guards, in my opinion, are the reason why they are struggling. When you watch Iowa's guards today, Purdue's guards today, in the Big Ten Tournament Final, they're physical defensively. They are guys who can get into the lane, create, make things happen. Ohio State does not have guards like that. Jamari Wheeler's not a guard like that. Michi Johnson's not a guard like that. Jimmy Sotos is not a guard like that. Malachi Branham is a guard like that, but Malachi Branham's not physical, number one. And Malachi Branham's more of a wing than a point guard. You're not going to play Malachi Branham at the point sometimes. You'll run isos for him. You'll get him into situations where he can create, but... You have other guys on the floor who are supposed to be handling the bulk of the point guard duties, and you're certainly not going to have Malachi Branham guarding the other team's point guard. So you need a point guard, whether he plays point for you on offense or not, you need a point guard to guard the other team's point guards. And we thought Jamari Wheeler was a lockdown defensive player. That was one of the weaknesses of Ohio State last year. Oh, we'll get Jamari Wheeler from Penn State. Should be the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. Jamari Wheeler has not been even a pretty good defensive player this year. He's been an okay defensive player this year. And okay is not good enough for what they need. Cedric Russell got repeatedly victimized by Penn State's guards. Jamari Russell has been victimized far more often than somebody with his defensive reputation should be more, uh, uh, should be taken advantage of. Michi Johnson gets taken advantage of. Ohio State has made the guards from just recently Michigan, Penn State, Nebraska, and Maryland look like world beaters. And none of those guys, none of them from any of those teams were first or second team all Big Ten players. And every one of those backcourts has thoroughly outplayed Ohio State's backcourt. And in college basketball, it's a coach's game and it's a guard's game. And if you get outplayed at the guard position, you're going to have a really hard time winning the game. So why did Ohio State get to the Final Four? Under Thad Mata, because they had Mike Conley. Why did they get to the Final Four under Thad Mata? Because they had Aaron Kraft. Why are they not getting to the Final Four lately? Because their point guards aren't very good. And so that underscores the importance of a point guard. I'm going to get a look this weekend at Sonny Styles, the point guard at Pickerington Central. And I know you're all going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Bruce. Sonny Styles is the safety 
who's going to make Ohio State a national champion in football. Yeah, so they say. But I think the football team would be fine without Sonny Styles. The basketball team, a 6'5 physical point guard, maybe Sonny Styles is the answer. He's going to play football. I'm not going to talk him out of it. I wish I could. If we need him at the point, I don't know how well he handles it. But I've heard great things about Sonny Styles because Pick Central smoked, smoked Gahanna Lincoln and uh, Sean Jones, who's headed to Marquette to play. So I'm just saying, you need a physical point guard. See the body on that Toussaint kid from Iowa? Pretty nice physical dude. See the bodies on those Penn State guys? See the bodies on Fats Russell from Maryland? Our guys look like the wimpy guy in the Charles Atlas bodybuilding commercial that got sand kicked in her face by the big boyfriend. That's what our guys look like. And for the life of me, I can't understand why Ohio State can have an excellent weight program in football. And in basketball, our guys just never seem to physically develop. They develop better under Holtman than they do under Mata. That is unquestionable. You can't argue that. Mata's guys were always skinny and always, I don't know what their program was, but uh, the Ohio State strength program for basketball under Holtman is better, but it needs to be better than better. It needs to be best. And right now, you look around the Big Ten, and they've been victimized by physical guards, and that's a problem. Braden Norris is not a physical guard, but Loyola will play well. They'll be coached well. They'll shoot it well. And they'll probably have the people who are quote-unquote neutral. The other people who are in Pittsburgh on Friday will be there. And if Loyola's close, those people are going to pull for Loyola. That's just how it works at a quote-unquote neutral site on NCAA tournament weekends. The team with the higher seed gets embraced. And the Buckeyes, they'll have a fair amount of people travel over there to Pittsburgh, I assume. Although, how excited are people about traveling with Ohio State? They lost four out of five. How excited can you be? Now, they got a pretty good draw. I'll say that because can they beat Loyola? Yes, of course they can beat Loyola. Can they beat Villanova, the number two seed? Yeah, I think they can. I think they can beat Villanova. Uh, there are some two seeds that I would not have given them a hope in a, in the world of beating, but they can beat Villanova. They can. They beat them before. They know Jay Wright. They know what Jay Wright does. I wouldn't have wanted to see him play Auburn. I wouldn't have wanted to see him play Duke again. I wouldn't have wanted to see him play Kentucky. So of the twos, they got the two they can beat. They got Villanova. Now, they didn't get the one they can beat because I'll tell you right now, they're not beating Arizona. Arizona's, I'll be stunned if anybody beats Arizona. If anybody beats Arizona in that region, it's Illinois. But we could have an Ohio State Sweet 16 matchup against Michigan. Michigan is in this bracket, and it that would be very interesting. I had a guy today. Uh, on Twitter, try to make the point that, oh, because I, I was shocked Michigan got in. I didn't think Michigan had any business being in the tournament. And he's like, well, Michigan beat Ohio State the last Sunday of the year. Well, good. Fantastic. Good for you. Ohio State, Michigan, the last week of the year, is not an accurate barometer of the two teams all year. You don't get a seeding based upon how you play the last day of the regular season the last week of the regular season, the last month of the regular season, you get a seed based on how you play the entire regular season. So Ohio State won there, Michigan won here. If they meet again in the NCAA tournament, okay, then we can make a judgment about who's the better team. But I was stunned Michigan got in. I was stunned Indiana got in. Did Indiana even have a watch party? I don't know why. Under 500 in the Big Ten, they don't deserve to be in. But they're in, so... 
tournament committee loves a Big Ten. There's nine teams from the Big Ten in. How many would you bet get the Final Four? I wouldn't bet a single one gets there because here's another odd phenomenon of the Big Ten. Iowa wins the Big Ten tournament. Have a great weekend. They win four games in four days. Now their legs are dead. They're going to get on a plane tonight in Indy. They're probably back in Iowa right now, but they hung around for the selection show in Indy, so they're still in their uniforms. So the earliest they get on a plane out of Indianapolis heading back to Iowa after the time change, so they got cheated out of an hour's sleep, okay? So the earliest they get back on a plane to Iowa is probably 7.30 p.m., maybe 8 p.m., okay? So they got, say, an hour flight to Iowa. And you can't land in Iowa City. You got to land at Cedar Rapids. Get out of the plane, get on a bus, bus back to campus, head back to your dorm, maybe get a little something to eat. I don't know what they do, but in bed, what time are they in bed tonight? Maybe, maybe by 10 central time? Probably not. 11 central time? Okay. So now they get up tomorrow, got to go back to class, got practice, and then they'll practice on Tuesday. And then on Tuesday night, Tuesday night, they're going to get on a plane. They're going to fly to Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. Yay, we get to go back to ice-cold Buffalo. Excited about going to Buffalo, guys. Yay, woo Big Ten champs, man, are treating us like royalty. We're going to Buffalo. woo And they got to practice in Buffalo Wednesday. they got to be there for press conferences. NCAA's got a tournament to sell. So they don't get very much time off. They're in Iowa one full day, Monday. Get on a plane Tuesday. Get to Buffalo Tuesday night. Get up, practice Wednesday, do the press conferences, and whammo, they're on the floor on Thursday. The Big Ten champion, year in and year out, gets stuck playing the first day of the tournament after playing three games in three days, or in Iowa's case, four games in four days. The Big Ten should absolutely lay down the law that our champion and our runner-up, who have to play on on Sunday, are not playing the first day of the tournament. They are playing Friday, or we're moving our tournament off Sunday, and CBS, you can go find another lead-in to your tournament show. You can run the Missouri Valley tournament, or you can run the Southland Conference tournament, or you can run the WAC tournament. And if CBS says, no, we're not going to put you on on Saturday if you hold your championship game on Saturday, well, then guess what? The Big Ten Network has an exclusive. They have the championship game of their conference on the Big Ten Network. Jim Delaney, who was a basketball guy, never got this right. Kevin Warren, who's a football guy and can't get the football right, let alone the basketball. The Big Ten gets jobbed by the NCAA every year. And I don't think the times are out yet on the tournament, but you watch. You watch. Iowa might be playing the 12-15 game on Thursday. Ohio State one year won the Big Ten tournament, beat Iowa, came home to Columbus, They played the first game in Albuquerque at altitude on Thursday. Same thing like a couple years ago. They did the same exact thing. It's a joke what the NCAA does to the Big Ten every year. So that's my rant on the Big Ten. It's deep into the podcast, and I haven't reminded you to order your coffee from my friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Paul, Andy, Grace, the great people at Hemisphere. Man, are they awesome. Their coffee's fantastic. Their mission is great. You buy their coffee, which they buy from growers in countries like Indonesia, Thailand, Nicaragua. The growers then get more money from Hemisphere than they would get by selling to a government broker or a coffee broker because you take somebody out of the equation. Guess what? There's more money for the grower. 
And then that grower plows it into his local economy. The people native to that country, that community benefit. And Paul has, through his missionary endeavors years ago, established many ties with coffee growers who are missionary-minded, gospel-minded. And those growers then support missionaries in those endeavors. And so you're buying coffee, you're drinking great coffee, you're helping spread the saving grace of the gospel throughout the world. When you buy your coffee, your tea, your cocal chocolate, non-GMO, gluten-free, sugar-free, all the frees you want except taste-free, it's really good. It's like dark chocolate, only it's not really chocolate, but it gives you that same sweet, uh, satisfying flavor without all the dietary things that go with you know, sugar and gluten and on and on and on. Buy that from along with coffee, along with tea, from Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, and you'll get 15% off your order when you use the promo code WETACKLELIFE, in all caps, WETACKLELIFE, in all caps, and they will know that we sent you. So thank you very much for that. All right, so I want to talk about a circumstance that occurred after the Big Ten Championship game. If you listen to the post game, Penn State, I felt, was going to win that game the whole way. They takes Ohio State to the woodshed in that game. Guards driving to the basket. Buckeyes can't defend it. Buckeyes have a lead, 11 points, lose it. I'm not surprised. So E.J. Liddell gets on the podium after the game. Buckeyes have lost four or five. The question's, what's wrong with the team? And E.J. says, I don't know. If I knew, I would fix it. But he says, you'd think by now we know how to play hard. It's the second straight time, because he did it after the Michigan game, he referred to the fact that Ohio State does not play hard, does not play with energy, does not play with urgency. That's a problem. That's a problem. Not because a player says it, but because Chris Holtman then went to great pains to talk about, I think this is as hard as we've played in weeks. We were super connected on defense. We were this. So I have no fault with the effort. He said those three things. Why does a coach say something diametrically opposite to what his player just said while the coach was sitting there as the player said it? Certainly not because Chris Holtman doesn't like E.J. Liddell, not because he's mad at E.J. Liddell. It's because Chris Holtman is, in my opinion, my opinion, I don't have any inside information here, but I've watched basketball and I've covered teams and I know the dynamics inside. There are internal issues on this team. I will be shocked if that's not true. We may never find out about it. But E.J. Liddell, when he says guys aren't playing hard, he's got an issue with guys on the team, certain guys on the team. I don't know who. Chris Holtman saying, oh, we are playing hard. We played great. We're really playing hard. He's trying to keep this issue from coming to the forefront because he does not feel like it can productively be handled in the moment. It's something that either has to graduate from the program, eradicate, be eradicated from the program with offseason departures, transfers, graduations, whatever, entries into professional leagues. And he does not want a full-blown situation. So very clear to me that Holtman's trying to put fires out. E.J. Liddell's fed up. E.J. Liddell looks to me like a guy whose body is in Columbus, but his mind is in the NBA. He's playing well. He's playing hard. But it's just not a good situation. And so maybe they can figure it out, put it back together, get it all cooking for a nice little tournament run, get to the Sweet 16. I think for people to feel good about Ohio State basketball going into the offseason, they definitely need to get to the Sweet 16. And if they play Michigan in the Sweet 16, 
which would require Michigan to beat Colorado State, a 6, Michigan's an 11, and to beat most likely Tennessee, which Tennessee is playing lights out. Ohio State can lose to Tennessee in the Sweet 16. It can't lose to Michigan in the Sweet 16. If you get Michigan in the Sweet 16, you got to beat them. You got to beat them. Now, you can lose to Arizona in the Elite Eight, and nobody's going to be upset. It's going to be a great year for Ohio State. Lottie da we're fine. We got the super freshmen coming in, and uh, everything's great, and everybody feels good about Chris Holtman, and everything settles down. But if they lose to Loyola, or they lose to um, Villanova, will be kind of like, eh, I think people will be like, eh, we didn't get to Sweet 16 again. But they won't be like when they lost to Oral Roberts because you're losing to a two. You know, you're a seven. You should lose to a two. But they can't get blown out. So I think there's um, <clears throat> there's a reputation and a satisfaction to be salvaged with how this season finishes. But they got to play a lot better than they're playing now. And I just find it hard to believe that their guard deficiencies, and they have them, will not be exposed in the NCAA tournament because that's when in, that's when guard deficiencies get exposed. All right, so now let me remind you about my friends at auinfo.com. I'm assuming I have a lot of business owners in the thousands or so that listen to this podcast. Um, business owners, you're trying to get good employees, you're trying to keep good employees, you're trying to do right by your employees. auinfo.com is a health insurance brokerage, a health broker. They basically are an insurance expert is what the deal is. So you're putting together insurance plans, life, vision, disability, dental. All those things are part of your employee benefits or could be. You don't want to survey a bunch of different benefits packages. They do that for you. They then provide you recommendations. You pick a provider, and the provider pays AUI. Okay? You don't pay them. They're great. They're phenomenal. They don't mess around. You'll be glad you did. It's all free. They're amazing. Let me personalize it. When I say AUI, I'm really talking about Chrissy and Julie and the AUI team. You also get HR on-demand portals and counseling and advice, and they stay in touch with you. I'm sure you've gone through a broker before, and if you have, you know when you hear from them, when you sign the deal, oh, great, thanks, you get a nice fruit basket at Christmas time. Then you hear from them again when it's time to renew, and they're your best friend again. AUI stays in touch with you all the time, asking what they can do for you, anything they can help you with. They're different. The only way you're going to know is to go to auinfo.com. Hopefully you take my word for it, but they're fantastic. Love them. Love Chrissy. She's a rock star. In business, you need to meet good people who you then have relationships with and leverage, not in a bad way. You're going to help them. They're going to help you. Leverage your relationship with those people to get better as a business. Chrissy at auinfo.com. You're going to be really glad that I put you in touch with her. auinfo.com. Okay, to the NFL and the Cleveland Browns have a new wide receiver, and his name is Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper has uh, been a guy who's caught a lot of touchdown passes with the Dallas Cowboys. And so Browns fans are uh, back in their, uh, we're going to the Super Bowl mode. I think Amari Cooper's a nice player. It's odd to me that he's uh, been on three teams already with as productive as he has been. A little bit like Jarvis Landry. Amari Cooper in. Now they've given Jarvis Landry permission to uh, accept a trade or seek a trade. Uh, I don't think the Browns need Jarvis Landry anymore. I think Jarvis Landry's been a good player, but he is uh, a little more drama than I'm comfortable with. There's a reason why the Dolphins let Jarvis Landry go. 
He was good for the Browns for a while. I uh, don't think he was good for the Browns uh, all the time, and I don't think they need him going forward. I think the Browns need to become less dramatic, not more dramatic. And so anybody you can get rid of and replace with a player who's less dramatic than the guy he's replacing, I think is a benefit, and I think Amari Cooper is that guy. So I'm okay with that. They gave up nothing to get him, so I think it was a good deal. Now, uh, I don't know if the Browns are uh, in the market for an upgrade at the quarterback position. All I will say is that you guys know that I have questions about Baker Mayfield and whether or not Baker Mayfield is the answer to their uh, quarterback situation going forward long term. The rumors out there, uh, you know, are that, you know, they're interested in Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texans. Cleveland.com today says they're interested in Deshaun Watson. They've been doing their due diligence on Deshaun Watson. But if they want Deshaun Watson, they're going to have to give up multiple first-round picks, Baker Mayfield, and possibly other players. Now listen, uh, Deshaun Watson is a guy they could have drafted, okay? So, uh, and Hugh Jackson uh, famously, infamously said, you know, he was said to have told Deshaun Watson on the day that the draft was up, hey, be ready. And then they didn't draft him, and then Watson went to tech, the Texans, and he blew up, and he's really good, and he made the Browns look bad when the Browns played down there. But Deshaun Watson has a bunch of sexual assault allegations hanging over his head. Now, I just said you need to de-dramatize your roster. He comes in. If he's not totally cleared before they get him, then it's dumb to give up a package of whatever for a guy who you don't know could be end up in prison or a guy who, uh, at the very least, is a bad guy. Like, I know the John Dorseyfication of the Browns, you know, they bring in Odell and they bring in Kareem Hunt, they bring in, like, all these bad actors, and, well, they're good players, you know. But I just don't, I think there's always, you're always making a compromise if you take a guy who has baggage do those guys win Super Bowls sometimes? Sure. Sure they do. Is it a smooth ride to a Super Bowl with them? Not very often. In fact, I would say almost never. Um, and, you know, my my view of it is that I'd rather have a team that I can root for, not just on the scoreboard. So, Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson and a one? Yeah, I'd probably do that if I'm sure Watson's not going to prison. But Baker Mayfield, two ones, a bunch of other guys? Uh-uh. Because Russell Wilson was right there for the getting. Like, were you in on that? Like, Russell Wilson, great guy, great leader, perfect, no baggage, family guy. Just why? Like, you let him go to Denver? Denver? Great Denver. Like, we don't have a history with Denver. <laughs> Fantastic. Now the Broncos have a better quarterback again than the Browns do. So that was just to me nonsensical. But that's where I stand on the Watson thing. If I'm 100% sure he's not going to go to prison and didn't do it, then I want him as a face of my franchise. But where are the women's groups going to be if Deshaun Watson ends up in Cleveland? Do you want that headache? I don't. I don't want that headache. But Amari Cooper... I'm fine with. Mari Cooper, I'm absolutely fine 
with that. All right, speaking of quarterback news in the NFL, whoa, what news broke tonight? Tom Brady. Tom Brady is back in the National Football League, ladies and gentlemen. Brady says he has unfinished business. Unfinished business? What kind of unfinished business? Six Super Bowl rings, not enough? If anybody's finished their business, it's Brady. But he's coming back to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now, I thought he still had something in the tank when he left 40 days ago. The biblical return, the exodus of Tom Brady. Uh, he says, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates. I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business. And then he gives an acronym that means let's go, but it says something else. So that's uh, Brady's back. And I'm sure the Bucks are thrilled. I'm sure the NFL is thrilled. And I'm thrilled. I like Tom Brady. Don't hate on great. So good for Tom Brady. The Minnesota Vikings have given Kirk Cousins a contract extension. Boy, you can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid. There's no way I would do that. <laughs> but, okay, whatever. Good luck to you, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the second bad choice you made. First one to get rid of Rick Spielman, and now to re-up Kirk Cousins. Okay, you do you, Minnesota Vikings. You do you. Now, if you've done you and you've done something wrong, or somebody thinks you've done something wrong, and you find yourself in a situation where you need an attorney, Willis Spangler Starling is what you should do to take care of getting the best legal representation you can get. Willis Spangler Starling is a Columbus firm. They're on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard, just a little bit north of the Mill Run area where Home Depot, Target, and those stores are located. Willis Spangler Starling is fantastic when it comes to any aspect of the law, particularly personal injury, social security disability, employment law, uh, Will's estate planning, all things that they can do, as they can many, many other things. They are personal friends. They are outstanding attorneys. They do great work for me. I've hired them personally. I will hire them again. You should hire them to represent you. They do take some cases on a contingency basis. They do take cases on a flat fee basis. They're not trying to gouge you. They're trying to help you. And speaking of Brady, getting to the Super Bowl all his time in the NFL— I always say, if you have a lawsuit, it's your Super Bowl, and you want somebody who takes it seriously. And Willis Spangler Starling does, and they understand that they need to shepherd you through that process, not just represent you, but shepherd you. They're really good people, people with high integrity character, impeccable in those areas, which is what you want, because when you hire an attorney, what are you hiring? A representative. They represent you, your integrity, your character, your honor. Willis Spangler Starling will not embarrass you they will not compromise on those standards. They will represent you in the most exemplary way. Willis Spangler, Starling, online, willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. Okay, in the faith portion of the podcast today, I want to talk about an aspect of God that we don't talk about very often and we don't talk about enough, and that is God's holiness. God's holiness. What does that mean? Pretty simple way to put it is perfection. I'm not talking about his perfection in the sense of he never does anything wrong. I'm talking about really in the same way I talked about Willis Spangler Starling, I'm talking about his essence, God's essence, God's character. 
who God is at his core. And the reason why we have to focus on God's holiness is because we do not have to reflect very much on our own inner thoughts, inner desires, inner inclinations, whether we act on them or not, and recognize that we are not at all like God in the sense that everything about God is honorable and perfect and pristine and beyond corruption. His nature cannot be corrupted. His nature cannot abide corruption. And yet, and yet, we are saved and will spend eternity with him if, if we get ourselves into a position where he views us, sees us, evaluates us as perfect, pristine, and uncorrupted. Holy smokes, Bruce, how am I ever going to do that? I have things I've said, things I've done, attitudes I've harbored, thoughts that fleet across my mind about things that I see that excite my various senses. How am I ever going to get myself in a position, Bruce, to be uncorrupted and viewed by God as perfect so that my nastiness will not corrupt him? Well, thankfully, the only way you can do that, my friend, is the only way that I've done it, the only way anyone can ever do it, and the only way that God's established for us to do it. And that is by accepting the perfect sacrifice of his son Jesus Christ on the cross, which cleanses us, washes us, wipes us clean. You've ever had a pair of, have uh, 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 you ever had a white t shirt and you spill, like, you're eating a hot dog and you get mustard on it or ketchup on it or blood on it? Or a white shirt, a white dress shirt. You spill wine on it or you spill something on it and it's stained. And you get the shout or the, you know, spray and wash out and you spray it on there and you take a toothbrush or you maybe take a, get an ice cube right away, put it on there, try to dilute it. You put it in the wash and you throw in the OxyClean, you throw in whatever you need to throw in and you get it out and it's like your favorite shirt and your hope, 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 hope that stain's not still there. And you pull it out and it either is there a little bit and you're crushed or or it's gone. The miracle, it has been washed clean. It's like good as new and nobody would ever know. Well, when the stain is still there, those are folks who do not adopt the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only payment for their sin, which would wash away their sin, their guilt, their shame, their corruption, their disqualification in the eyes of God when he evaluates us. But for those of us who have accepted what Jesus did at the cross and said, hey, God, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lousy, rotten, flawed sinner. Even if I'm a really good guy, super guy, everybody looks at me as a fantastic guy. I'm flawed inside because I, only I know what I think. Only I know what I want to say, whether I say it or not. Only I know how mad I get when people cut me off in traffic and the things I say and the things I want to do. Only I know that. And I know that if you look at me as a white shirt, you see lots of stains on it. But I want to be clean in your sight, and so I'm accepting Jesus and what he did for me at the cross, and that's amazing because then you see me as clean. That holiness of God must be defended because he can't be hanging around with people who are dirty, rotten, corrupted, imperfect, 
people or he would not be who he is. See, he has to defend his holiness to remain who he is. Because you don't want a God who's like us. You want man who, through the miracle of Christ's sacrifice at the cross, becomes like God. That's what you want, okay? So God's holiness must be defended. And that is why it's imperative that we accept Christ because Christ is the only way we can be perfect in God's sight. And so when people wonder, like, why does God say, I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't do this, and I can't do that? Not because he's trying to ruin our fun. It's because he knows how he made us. He knows what is best for us. Ultimately, what's best for us is to be in right relationship with him, but look around at the world and people who do drugs and people who are addicted to things and people who chase wealth and prominence and power and prestige. Are they really happy or are they driving, driving, driving? Got to have more, got to have a bigger car, got to have a bigger house, got to have more money, got to have more achievements, got to have another mistress, got to have this, got to have that. My kid didn't win this. My kid didn't win that. Blah, blah, blah. Do they seem at peace? Do they seem content? Then you look at somebody who's got very modest income, living in a very modest house, maybe an apartment. They don't even have a car, but they, but, they, but they have contentment. They have contentment. You say, well, they really have come to a place in their life where they've just reached a peace with who they are and the fact that they're just not going to experience the best of this life. No, you couldn't be more wrong. You're kind of right in that they have experienced the best of this life, but what you think the best of this life is, is not what they know the best of this life is. And what they know the best of this life is, is they have perfect peace about where they're going to spend eternity because they have accepted Christ as their Savior. And they have a peace that a lot of people don't have. People who don't have Jesus and his forgiveness settled in their life do not have that peace because God made us all, made us all the same, gave us different talents, different different gifts, different, different abilities, different jobs to do, but innately we're all made the same, wired the same, with the same longing for that inner peace. And so God's holiness must be defended. It cannot be compromised. Otherwise, he is not a God worth worshiping. He would not be a God worth worshiping. And so we sang this song today in church, called Only a Holy God. And it was really an amazing, amazing song. And I'm deciding to use it as our podcast out music. I think I am. I'm endeavoring to. I'm not sure if it's coming up or not. It is coming up. I hear it now. And I just think it's so amazing that God is holy, and yet God accepts the likes of me. And so I want you to listen to the words of this. I apologize to these people. I'm sure it's licensed music. I won't play too much of it, but just listen to just a couple of words. So I'd invite you to go to YouTube, call it up. It's uh, City Alight, Only a Holy God. Listen to it, buy it, 
let the words impact you and let the message of Jesus Christ at the cross impact you because I've lived life <laughs> apart from him, chasing happiness, chasing things, chasing achievement. And I did pretty good at it. And I never captured peace, contentment, rest. All of those things have come to me now that I've turned my life over to him. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I have continual slips and stupid things I say and do. And um, But I'm not the standard. I'm not the standard. And I'm not saying that like, oh, so let me off the hook, dude. No, I endeavor to do better. I'm saying you can always compare yourself to someone else and always look good in that comparison. Or you can always compare yourself to someone else and say, well, they're not, God can never accept them. Look at them. They said this. They did this. They, You're not the standard. God is the standard. God is holy. God is perfect. Jesus, holy, perfect, sacrificed on the cross for you, for me. Attach yourself to that truth. Own it. Weld yourself to it. Count on it. It is unshakable. It is there for you. It is there for me. It is there for us all. Thanks to only a holy God.